You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. God, there's no greater joy, no greater honor, no greater experience of worshiping you and knowing you. Father, we bow our hearts and our lives before you right now. You are the author and you're the finisher. You're the beginning and the end. Nothing gets by you, God, that you don't permit. And I thank you, God, that we can boldly enter into your throne room right now here in Blanchester because you dwell in your people. We seek you right now. We're desperate for you, God. You orchestrate every breath within us. We are dependent upon you for every breath every word, every thought, every deed. Forgive us, God, for running away from you, from seeking other false gods for our temporal pleasure. God, we need you. And I recognize this morning that there are people in our spiritual family today who need a touch from God. Circumstances are dire. Doctor's diagnosis is fatal. But if you know our God, He is faithful and He is able and his perfect will will be done. I just got word today from the Rachel and Carrie Akers family, Brenda Bollinger, one of their friends or family member. I don't even remember the name. Let me get it. Erilyn, she's 10 years old was just diagnosed with a brain tumor and given just a few months to live. 10 years old. We have other people here who have sickness in their body, who are struggling. Could we bring up the house lights, please? If that's you or you represent someone who is struggling with infirmity and sickness, I want you to raise your hand and I want us to surround you and pray and support all hands all across the place. Rachel, can you raise your hand so we can pray for Erilyn? Sean and Terry Cragwell are here. Could you guys raise your hands? Rose Rents, would you raise your hand? Anyone else? Can we just be the body for a minute? Take our prayer of faith. Someone by Don Treadway. Someone by Nate. Elders, can we reposition and remobilize? 
And if you have the Spirit of God living within you, you have the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Let's start to walk in faith all over the place. All over the place. And if you're just where you are and you're not praying for someone specifically, can you just bow your heart? And if you're so bold, put your hands in front of you and say, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, you said that if we had just the size of a faith of a mustard seed, we could move the mountains into the sea. God, we can't in our human minds understand, comprehend, even fathom your ways, but we trust you. You are faithful. You are perfect. You are holy. And just as Jesus surrendered to you in the garden, we surrender to you and intercede on behalf of Erlen, behalf of Rose and Don Treadway and the Cragwells and all of those that raise their hands, all of those on live stream that are just suffering of infirmity. We say, Father, not our will, but your, your will be done. You are able to heal, you are able to touch, but you're also able to bring your perfect will to pass. And so we trust you. We trust you. Ask you to give us strength. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because you live, Jesus, all fear is gone. We speak against fear in this place. It is not from God. We cast it down. For you have given us, God, the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And because you live, because I know I know you hold the future, and life is worth the living, if you know it, just because he lives. And now, God, we praise you. I praise you. I praise you, God, for you are good, and you are perfect, and you will get all the glory and when we see you face to face, God, it will all make sense. But right now it doesn't. But we trust you and we put our faith in action. And all God's people said, amen. Can we just applaud God and say thank you? Thank you, team. Wow, 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 wow. Well, good morning, and uh, for those visiting, I know we have several people visiting. Can we just welcome our visitors? We're so grateful for you. Seriously, we, we pray for you. And uh, it's incredible to just see people visiting and 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 some who are just looking for a spiritual family and it and uh they just find their home and uh if this 
isn't your home and you don't think it fits for you, I would love to talk to you and even just help you get connected to where you need to fit. My name's Phil Nelson. I am the lead pastor here and I'm just humbled today. If you knew me, if you really knew me, you would understand why I'm so perplexed at why God called me. I was just a theater boy. <laughs> Went to college for a performance arts degree. In my freshman year, I gave every area of my life to the Lord. And I haven't looked back. But I still don't understand why I'm leading a church. But he does. And what's so important is that we remain faithful to what he's called us to. Some of you, I said that because God's calling you. And it doesn't look like what you thought. It has nothing to do with your education or the goals that you set out for yourself. But God is saying, I am doing something new. And whether you know it or not, I have wired you for this moment. All he's looking for is your obedience. He does the rest. So we were supposed to be starting a new practice in this series called The Ways of Jesus. And uh, next week is Easter and we were going to start in the practice of the Sabbath and talk about what that looks like in the 21st century. But the Lord just won't let me get away from prayer. And I say this of me as well as you. I just don't think God is finished working with us before we move on to something else. Because if we don't get this thing called prayer, nothing else will stick. Nothing else will line up. And I was driving here this morning and praying for God's presence to fall in such a special, gentle, tender way, I felt the Lord ask the question, if your prayer life with me was reflected by how you abide and remain and communicate with your spouse and your children, what would that look like? Because we would be mistaken to think prayer is just going through words and a request list to God. That's actually not what prayer is. Prayer is your breath. Prayer is your presence in the presence of Christ.
do you understand that if you have professed your belief in Jesus Christ and you've confessed your sins to him and asked him to forgive you and to come in your life and be Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that filled the upper room with the disciples and remains in every single person who is a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Before Christ paid the ultimate price and tore the veil, there was a separation between humankind and God. And they longed for the day where God's presence was with them every moment. When you breathe in, God's presence is there and in you. Jesus taught us to pray in Luke 11, and he said, Our Father in we all think it's past the universe. It's in the paradise. It's where Christ is seated. That Greek word, heaven, means the air. Our Father, who I'm breathing in, holy is your name. Can you imagine not having the presence of God to be able to say, God, where are you? And we depend on one religious leader to go in and offer sacrifices for your sin and mine. And Jesus said, no more. For I'm laying my life down once and for all. For I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father unless through me. And so when you have Jesus... You have everything in the kingdom of God. And the way that we live out our faith is by abiding with Jesus through a life of prayer. We've extended the challenge. Now two opportunities each week. Wednesday nights from 6.30 to 8. Excuse me, to 7.30. We just soak individually and we just seek God's face. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And on Sunday mornings, this Sunday was the first. Something shifted at the altar, did it not, those who were praying? You see, when we seek God, he doesn't play hide and seek with us. He shows up. And God's just waiting for you to seek him. He's there with you. He's in the air you breathe. He's just waiting for you to pursue him. Amen. Holy Spirit, you've changed my message. And I just have a few scribbles that I feel that you're leading. And so this is your moment. This is yours. Holy Spirit, get me out of the way. Remove me. We want to see you. Open our eyes. In Jesus' name. Amen.
for those of you who are visiting, and we haven't shared this for a while, but the mission here at Elevation Community Church is this, to fully connect. Can you say fully connect? We're not just saying like connect, like hold hands. We're talking about merging your life with Christ. Allowing him to shape and mold and drive your life. And we want you to fully connect to Christ. But number two, we want you to connect to his community of believers. That's where it's at. Iron sharpens iron. And by the way, that doesn't mean we all agree with each other. Iron sharpens iron means we have different personalities. You're not like me and I'm not like you. We're a body of different members, different backgrounds, different bruises and bumps and baggage. That's called real people. You're welcomed here. No matter your past, no matter even yesterday and what came about, you're welcomed here. And the beautiful thing about God's grace is it meets you right where you're at. But his grace is so strong that it doesn't allow you to stay there. So here at ECC, we want to fully connect people to Christ, his community, and his cause. And can I say, there's so many great causes out there. We're going to do an outreach where we close this building on April 30th and go into our community. And it's going to be wonderful and powerful. And there's so many things that we can do. But our greatest cause is to seek the Lord's face in prayer. You don't have to have a gift of prayer. You don't have to have a spiritual gift of prayer. You don't even have to know the words to say. He just wants your heart. And last week, we dug a little deep to see that Jesus has set the stage for what he's going to do of preparing us as temples, dwelling places of the Holy Spirit. So much so that he went into the actual temple. I was telling you about the curtain and the veil where the holy priest would go in once a year for the atonement of the sins of people. And he went into the temple and it became a marketplace for the selfish gain of man and the religious leaders and the temple itself. And this is the angriest that we've ever seen Jesus in the Gospels. And he took a whip. You don't think God gets angry? Jesus flexed his muscles and he flipped the tables of the marketplace and he said, stop it. My Father's house will be a house of And you've turned it into a den of thieves. Meaning, when God's temple is defiled by self-gain, we rob God of his presence his glory, and his honor. And now you are his temple. And I do, I could be wrong, I'm not saying thus says the Lord, but I do believe that Jesus is going around this place in our hearts and he's flipping tables. 
you know it's you if he's speaking to you. And he's saying, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. But you are robbing my father. I paid for your life with my blood. And you've turned this temple into earthly treasures and pleasures that will all burn away in the presence of God. But what will remain is how you steward God's presence living in you. I believe that God is going to measure the effectiveness and the spiritual success of this house. I believe that God is going to measure the effectiveness and the spiritual success of your life very differently than the world measures your success and effectiveness. Listen with your spiritual ears. God is going to measure the effectiveness and spiritual success of your life much like we measure the success or the effectiveness of this oil lamp. You see, if this wick is not immersed in the proper oil, the wick will be dry, empty, and all that will burn is the material that makes up this wick, which will smolder and become black smoke. And when people come in contact with it, they choke and cough and repel. But when this wick is immersed and soaked in the resource of this oil, and when it is at the proper length, by the way, more of the wick, more smoke. That's why Paul says, May I decrease and Christ increase in me so the flame is pure and righteous and holy and all you see is Christ, not my smoke. And there's times in our lives and seasons in our life where we are rough around the edges We get lazy spiritually. We open our lives to the wrong things. And it defiles us. It darkens our thinking. It corrupts and impacts our behavior to where we truly disconnect from God. And we're living by our own flesh, which is just sin nature. And sometimes you have to take an inventory of the wick and you have to prune the wick. Just like this morning, I cut off the burnt part so that it was just pure wick that is burning. And oftentimes in our lives, for a lot of us, for me, it's daily pruning. 
Because the flame that God is looking in our lives is the flame of purity. Blamelessness. Not conforming to the patterns of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your minds. Friends, now's the time for us to begin taking care of our lives, which is a lamp. We are called to be light, not covered, not under shade or a box, but for everyone to see. And sadly, the American church is somewhat just blowing smoke and not burning with purity. And purity only comes by repentance and turning from our wicked ways. May I even say this? I believe it's biblical. I know I've heard it all my life, but I do believe that we are closer to the end than we were yesterday. If you believe his word, friends, if you believe God's word is true, we are just in an interim phase and it's going to get way darker before the King of Kings comes and flips the table once and for all. But friends, are you prepared? There's a parable Jesus told about ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. He's referring to us because we're the bride of Christ, waiting for Christ's return. Five of them were wise and had full vessels of oil. Five were foolish. They were living for the moment, living for the day, not thinking about eternity, not thinking about when the bridegroom would enter. And because of that, the five foolish virgins were not prepared when the bridegroom came. But the five who had their vessels filled with oil were prepared. What does that mean for us today? I believe the oil represents the Holy Spirit that lives within all of us. But the wick is our life. So many of us and friends, can I tell you, I was at an empty state almost a year ago. I realized my vessel had run out of oil, not that the Spirit of God left me, but I was living on the fuel of the flesh and the world. And it's only through our intimacy and abiding and remaining with the Father that our vessels stay full. It is through your constant abiding and remaining in the presence of God that keeps you prepared. And let me tell you, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news. But before Christ comes, things are going to get way worse. And I believe the hope to the very end when Christ returns, the hope is going to be the church, the light of the world. 
if you are not burning properly and dealing with your wicks, staying pure before the Father, walking in step, Galatians 5, with the Spirit. And Romans 12.1, presenting your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. If we are not doing that now, what is going to happen when all hell breaks loose on the United States of America and all of the nations around us? Why do you think China is exploding? The, the church in China is exploding. Why do you think the church in India is exploding? Why do you think the church in Ethiopia and South Africa is exploding? Because persecution and darkness is all around them and they know, have no other way to turn but to Jesus. Are your lamps empty? If so, friends, it is time to fill them up in how you steward God's presence. I want to say one more thing. One thing I'm learning the past three years, like I told you in the beginning, I didn't know I was called to lead pastor until it happened. For six months, I even said no. And what I'm learning, that my role and the elders' role here at this church and our staff role is we have three key responsibilities. I know there's more, and we can fill those in, but three responsibilities. Number one, I need to host God's presence well in my life. As the leader, so goes everyone else. And I know that. I think about it every day. I'm not perfect. I have my flaws and my hangups. But one thing I'm pressing into is to host God's presence well. And that's why we're not going to give up on prayer. It starts there. I'm not doing it for a show. I'm not doing it for you. I just know that apart from him, I've got nothing. Host his presence well. Number two, as Ephesians 4 says, I'm called and the leaders of the church are called to equip you for effectiveness in your spiritual life. To be effective for the purposes of God. You are called to use the gifts God has given you. To use your time and your resources to build up others into the kingdom. And be effective by walking in purity and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can't do that for you. Just as you can't force a horse to drink, I can lead you to the water. But you have to be all in. Hosting God's presence in my life, helping you and preparing you to be effective for God's kingdom. And the last one is so sobering. 
leaders are called in the church to prepare you for eternity. To prepare you for the moment that you leave this body and you stand before your Creator to give account for the sin in your life. And the only one that can cover that is Jesus. This is why I feel called to stay today on the importance of prayer. If we get this right, we get everything right. If we get this wrong, we may have the light and the flame of Christ in us, but it is so dim that others can't see it. I speak to those who are over the age of 50. Who probably have less than half your life left. Those who have so much incredible depth with God and experience with God and some of you just feel like you've plateaued and you have nothing left to give nor your purpose is valid anymore I just want to tell you we need you we need you to get this right so that we have something to look at and follow. To those of you who have been Christians for over 10 years, there is a different expectation upon you than someone who is a new believer in Christ. We should be growing in this day to day. And just to give you an example, Sister Sherry, I asked her to just come. Many of you know her. She's someone who prays for me and our leadership daily. Let me help you up, Sherry. And uh, I've asked her just to share for a moment. You want to sit down, hon? Okay. And I want you to hear what God is doing and what prayer looks like in a flawed person and how God works through every circumstance. So sister, would you just share for a moment? I'll start by telling you how happy I am to be here with all of you. This is one of the bright spots of my week to come and worship and learn and edify one another. And so I... I want to tell you about something that happened to me through prayer, an experience. As most of you know, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. (laughs) And it was dire. It, It was, I had a Christian surgeon, top of the line, and he and his staff all agreed together that there was no way out of this 
for me, but through an eight-hour brain surgery. And uh, most of you, a lot of you also know that uh, it didn't turn out that way at all, that I got to experience mm -hmm. a miracle from God that even the doctors were confounded with. They're, they're still using my case, uh, bringing it before their board and teaching. And that is where I experienced this miracle, where this thing that against all odds was not supposed to shrink, it shrank down to the level that is no longer a threat to me. Praise the Lord. Amen. No need for surgery. What I want to tell you about that is where that started. And, and this was hard for me in the beginning. This doesn't sound right at first. But that start established here this morning that the Holy Spirit of God actually lives inside of us, in our body. That's, that's amazing right there. And um, because of this terrific uh, thing that was upon me, you better believe it, it drove me deep into a state of prayer. And so, with our imagination, so many of us are quick to say that, yeah, Satan will inf can influence our thoughts, mm -hmm. but we forget that the Holy Spirit can also. <laughs> and so, even in this study guide that we're, we're using right now, The Ways of Jesus, the writer states, the Holy Spirit in you has direct access to your imagination. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to use the scripture out of 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, that tells us, now we have to listen, listen close, tells us to cast down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So this, we have to judge these imaginations. That's right. That this imagination I started having, I had to go into the word of God to find out if this was a, a right thing or not. And so um, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is basically anything that exalts itself against what does, what does the word of God say? And so, also in that same scripture, as we go on down a little farther, it tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And what that means is, if we have a thought, ponder it. Is this the will of God? Sometimes even good thoughts aren't necessarily from God. I can... I can have a good thought to give you $1,000, but if you're going to sp spend it on something that's going to hurt you, that's, that's not right. So just because it's a good thought doesn't mean it's from God. Take it captive. Hmm. Ponder it. Think about it. And so that's what I did. And in one of these times of deep prayer for me about this dire situation I was in, I imagined what it would be like to stand on this very platform <laughs> in front of all of you and telling you about the goodness and the miraculous work of God. And then when I would pray again in that 
thought came to me again, that imagination. I could see it. I could see it in my mind's eye. I could see me up here. And when that thought came again, and that's key, if you have a thought that keeps coming to you and keeps coming to you, measure it. Is this Satan just trying to tell you a lie that you haven't realized it was him, discern it's him and throw it out? Or is the Holy Spirit saying something to you? And so I measured it. And uh, this was from the Holy Spirit. So I would elaborate. Every time that imagination would come to me, I would, I would, I would actually start forming the words. What would I say? What would I, what would I say? Until one day, <laughs> my belief system grabbed hold of this thing, and I believed it. And the day I went, and those doctors gave me the news that we're astounded, Sherry. We don't know how this thing could be. But that tumor, you, you don't have to do anything anymore, but check on it now and then. I wasn't even surprised. I wasn't surprised. My imagination took me that far. And now to elaborate just a little farther, because we do have to be careful. This year, <laughs> I'm facing something new. Another health problem, unrelated, um, but very, very serious and hard for me to face. But what God has taught me through that is, he doesn't want me to seek him for the miracle, what he can give me. He tells us in his word not to follow after signs and wonders. And so, it's a relationship. I'm in a relationship with him. And it's not all about what he can give me. But let me tell you that experience I had last year confirmed in me how powerful he is, how much he loves me, to what lengths he will go to for me, so that this year, when I have to face this new thing, because we always will, it's a broken world, we're always going to be facing something new. Last year's experience gives me the strength this year to know I can trust him. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you have conquered all, all infirmities under your feet, all brokenness caused by this sinful world has been paid on the cross of Jesus. So whether, Father, the healing comes supernaturally in Sherry's body or the healing brings her completely into your presence. Your will, you be glorified, God. Be glorified, Lord. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be glorified. It's all for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sherry, why don't you come on down? I'll help you down, hon. Folks, dare to dream. Let the Holy Spirit have access to your imagination. It's amazing the places he can take you. Can we say thanks to Sherry, please? <clears throat> I, have, I just have a question for you because I want to I be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
are you okay if I just take a few more minutes to help you in what I think God's trying to say through how we're measured? Is that okay? Okay. I'd like to just show you 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 through 15. I believe that this is a map. I believe this is a blueprint to what our lives of prayer need to look like. It says, if my people were only His people, if we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and we only have the Spirit of God living inside of us, if we've received the gift of salvation through Jesus. But if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, means lower ourselves and acknowledge our sinful, desperate state. And that we would pray and seek God's face alone and turn from any wicked way within you. I, the Lord from heaven, here and now, will hear, hear you, and will forgive you. How many know that God's promises never come back empty? This is His promise. He will forgive you of your sin and restore you. And his eyes will be open to you and his ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. And so the first thing I want to welcome you to do in your life of walking in prayer, but this is what we do on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, is number one, we pursue him. That's number one, pursue him. I think there's a slide. Could we put that up? Number one, pursue God. Seek the Lord with your whole heart. He promises in Jeremiah 29, 12 that if you seek Him with all your heart, you will be found by Him. This is not a game. This is a promise. Seek the Lord with your whole heart. Can we show that scripture that follows it? Psalm 62, you're going to find all these scriptures in the Psalms. Let all that I am, God, wait quietly before you. You see, you don't need to have the words. Sometimes you shouldn't say anything at all. Speaking of imagination... Have you ever imagined what you're going to do when you see Christ for the first time in all His glory? Some will drop. Some will dance. Some will shout. I think I will weep. But we need to wait quietly before God. 
He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. That's prayer. Pour out your heart to him. You're in pain? Pray that. You're in anguish, pray that. You're afraid, pray that in his presence and fear will run the other way. Pursue him at all cost. An hour on Wednesdays is something most of us can prioritize. I understand we all have different schedules. I get that. If you can't be with us Wednesday night, make a prayer closet in your house and visit it often. Sunday mornings, I'd love to see every one of you here just for 15 minutes from 9.30 to 9.45. We're gonna pursue God as a church. We're gonna seek his face. Not his hand, his face. I want to seek his glory, his face. Number two, number two, we're going to pry. We're going to pry. We have some stuff in our lives that needs to be trimmed, that needs to be pried away from our lives. And as we seek God's face, we say, God, show me any wicked way. How have I offended a brother or a sister? How have I rejected you? How have I hurt you in any way? How have I fallen away from you? And as the Holy Spirit reveals it to us, we burn it away with the blood of Jesus that forgives all sin. Psalms 51 verse 4 says, I have done what is evil against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight and you will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. But then he goes on to say this, create in me, O oh God, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Do not take your presence from me, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Now we're starting to get in alignment with the Father. And you don't stop there. Then you go to the next level and you press in. You press in. That means you go deeper. You say, Lord, I'm not leaving. I want more of you. I need wisdom, God. I need guidance. I need you. Now show me your face. Show me your heart. This is when God starts to break through and gives you a heart after his heart to where you start to weep after the things he weeps over. You start to hate the things in your life that God hates. And you start to love those in your life and around you that God loves. We're to go deeper and press in to know him more. 
scripture that goes with that is the one thing I ask of the Lord. The thing I seek most is not a comfortable life, not a wealthy life, not a successful life, but to live in the presence of the Lord each day you have on this earth. Delighting in God and meditating, reflecting in His temple. Where's the temple? Right here. 24-7 access to God. And as the band comes up, I want to leave you with one more of the P words. We have pursue. We're going to seek His face. We're going to pry away the sin in our lives. And we're going to press in. And the fourth one is we're going to praise Him no matter what. For He is worthy. And He is good. And He is just. And He is righteous. And He is God. We praise Him for His blessings. We praise Him for our sufferings. We praise Him through the confusion and the heartache and the loss. We praise Him because Psalms 150 says, let everything in you that has breath praise the Lord. The last song the band did is called Gratitude. And it says, come on my soul. Don't be shy on me. Lift up your soul because you got a lion inside of you. And that lion is worship and praise to your creator. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.